Hey, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Stay tuned for an exciting episode. We've got newly discovered lapidary material, a newly discovered gemstone, Pokemon Diamond, fossil news, and so much more, guys. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystal. Quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard. But the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have in my hand. In the desert... You can find lots of rocks Cause radical rocks are everywhere That's right guys Radical rocks are everywhere And today we have got a jam-packed show for you Lots of fossil news Asteroid news New planets discovered um, And the newly discovered um, Agate and a newly discovered gemstone that is really interesting. So, guys, I want to thank you for supporting our social media. You can find us on MeWe, Gitter, Parlor, um, anything you look up with Radical Rocks, we're probably going to pop up. And also our videos on YouTube. We have uh, over 1,200 uh, subscribers there. So we appreciate your support by subscribing, liking, and sharing. So let's get right into it, guys. First thing I want to share with you is this really interesting Pokemon Diamond. If you go to the Sorna News, S-O-R-A News 24.com, it says you can now get Pokey ball-shaped diamonds for your rings in Japan. Um, its information comes from Casey Basile, and this diamond is really beautiful. The way it's cut is spectacular. The Pokemon is kind of a, a circle with a, a line, uh, a circle in the middle, and a line kind of going through, but around the circle in the middle with a kind of a, a red or orange on the top and then a white on the bottom. Well, the diamond is faceted in such a way that these characters are highlighted. It is beautiful. It's considered a brilliant diamond, and that is fair enough. You Treasure is the ones that uh, apparently are making this. They have uh, got the copyright from Nintendo, apparently. It's posted here on the website. And when you hear about a diamond shaped as a Pokemon, you think... What the heck is this going to be? But it's very technical cutting. Uh, it has a lot more than five sides. There's over 58 facets, and this thing catches the light like nobody's business. I mean, I'm not a big Pokemon fan, um, one way or the other, I guess you'd say. I don't have anything against it, but this is cool, guys. You really should check this out. If you want to see a beautiful diamond that picks up the light like nobody's business, they have... Uh, uh, a whopping 143 facets on uh, the overall diamond, but just the face cut has 58 different facets and sides. Just amazing. They've got several different pictures of it from different angles here. So the diamonds are of various qualities, but mostly higher quality 
Um, the clarity is pretty good. They've got a video here. They call it Monster Ball Diamond, which you could look up on YouTube. Pocket Monsters Monster Ball Diamond. You could look up that video if you want to see a little bit more about it. Now, the U-Treasure, this is the Japanese jeweler that combines a high level of craftsmanship with these beautiful materials, capturing the video game character art. They release more than a few Pokemon accessories during their, um, their business uh, model here. They have the face of the franchise Pikachu, um, Eevee, Megacarp, and Gengar, and I'm probably pronoun probably pronouncing these wrong. If you're a Pokemon fan, I apologize for that. But the full scale Pokeball ring is something else. It comes with a special case. Some of these rings are mounted with other embellishments that are really cool. You definitely want to check these out. Okay, moving on. Um, this is something that it, it kind of. If you're a rock hounder, you you need to be aware of this, and these things need your time and attention. If you want to keep rock areas open um, in your country, especially the U.S., you might want to check this out, HungryHorseNews.com. They're talking about, the article is entitled, FWP Seeks Comment on Bad Rock Hunting Alternatives. Um, this came out on June the 15th. The Montana Fish and Wildlife and Parks is seeking input on the scope of hunting opportunities allowed at the Bad Rock Canyon Wildlife Management Area near Columbia Falls. So here's what happens. Whenever they seek your comments, this means they want to close it all down. But if enough people don't complain and bellyache about it, then um, they're just going to close the whole thing down. But if enough people speak up, they may preserve some of it or they may maintain some of it open. In this article, they say that uh, the Fish and Wildlife um, and Parks, FWP, obtained 772-acre property. I don't know how they obtained it, but that's odd. I mean, <laughs> why, why are they getting more property? But it's along the Flathead River. Um, they are looking to safeguard big game winter range the area is usually closed May 15th to November 30th, but it is open for um, hunting rocks and things of this sort. So they want to close it down to maybe all but a few special groups um, and part a single party of no more than three and close 50% of the hunting days for uh, apprentice and youth hunters and have a lottery where somebody could do one week and other limitations. So they're really wanting to restrict this and all, all but close it off for a few people. Now, if you want to complain about this, you should. Um, I would say, hey, I oppose all restrictions on collecting during this area, in this area, um, you know, during the open season. And, um, you can go to https uh, semicolon backslash backslash fwp.mt.gov backslash news backslash public hyphen notices. Or you can go into any of the fish and wildlife uh, parks 
websites and find it that way. Um, yeah, you really got to stay in tune with these. And, and the deadline is probably already over on this because they usually don't give you any notice. But it's very important to keep these areas open and voice your opinion um, to keep rock hounding open. Next, astronomers have discovered two super Earths. These super Earths are orbiting a nearby star. Uh, and interestingly, this is reported by Michelle Starr. And you go to sciencealert.com and read about these super Earths. I may have mentioned them before, but it was pretty interesting. I thought I would mention it. Um, they are smaller. They're bigger than Earth, but smaller than, than the ice giant, whatever that means. Another ice giant that is 33 light years away called HD 260655. I guess they've got so many planets, you know, they, they just give them numbers at some point because there's a gajillion of them. So they don't think that these are, you know, something you could live on. But, you know, someday we may be visiting these planets to see how they came about. Um, they do mention they're looking for extraterrestrial life. Um, yeah, that sounds bad. I'm, I'm sure if you go and you find some sort of life, um, we'll get some sort of virus they'll bring back and it will destroy all mankind. I'm certain of that. That's just my my thought. But they have found more than 5,000 of these exoplanets, uh, which are a uh, rich atmosphere around these planets. They they they're looking to see do they have uh is there ways they can test this with lights and things like that and and their special equipment to look at these planets is it a volatile rich atmosphere are there signs of water or carbon based life on this these are the things they're hoping to discover and uh exploit and learn about so some of the things they look for is when light passes between the star and the orbit, um, they could see different things that happen. Faint dips in starlight due to these exoplanet transitions were recorded. That's how they spot the planet to begin with. They see little blips, little bubbles, little dark spots, and this is how they are theoretically um, saying that these planets are there. If they can see the movement of the tug, then they can kind of guess the pull, and then if it is uh, the size, if they're able to get any physical size data, then they can try to calculate its uh, density. They use the orbit, all of those things, to try to come up with the size. The article goes into detail how they do that if you want to find out more about it. Caves. Caves are wonderful. Um, they're very dangerous. A lot of people die in caves, so I'm not recommending you go into a cave. But there are caves you can visit um, around the United States and, of course, other countries. There's 189 national parks um, that have documented over 4,700 caves. Some of them are no bigger than a basketball court, uh, but hundreds of others have miles of twisting passageways. If you go to our friends at rockandjim.com, they tell us about the caves of the National Park here by Pam Freeman, and she goes into the details of some of these wonderful caves. And there's a lot more articles on caves if you go to their website that you can check out. Most caves that are pretty big 
are called solution caves, and they form from limestone, which, of course, is a sedimentary rock that consists of calcite, um, calcium carbonite, uh, or CaCO3. And as the water drips through it, that can open up the cave. <coughs> Rivers can be found in these underground caves, sometimes little streams. A mammoth cave, a solution cave south of central Kentucky Mammoth Cave National Park, is the world's largest cave with 430 miles of surveyed passages. And they're still looking at this. The lowest level goes some 350 feet. Doesn't seem that deep, but uh, pretty cool. Some of the animals that are found in here are pretty interesting. Some of the guama that is in there and the nitrates can be converted into the saltpeter potassium nitrate um, and has been traced back to 1812. The Mammoth Cave provided much of the nation's salt pepper, which was mined by enslaved African Americans. Um, and then after the war, it attracted tourists to this area. Um, and it said that the uh, South, the Africans became the first nation's first underground tour guides um, at that time after the war. So they knew the mines well enough to be able to stay and um, be tour guides. So this was definitely 18, uh, 1812. Um, New Mexico, of course, we know about the Carlsbad Caves, most likely, uh, called the Slaughter and Spider Caves. Um, beautiful caves, sprawling system of 119 interconnected caves, which are some of the largest and longest and the deepest in the world. Uh, it was created not by carbonic acid, but by sulfuric acid derived from hydrogen sulfite gas that rose from a deep petroleum deposits that dissolved in the ground wire, groundwater. Rather. And there's a 4,000-foot-long, 250-foot-high big room North America's largest underground gallery. Now, of course, inside these caves are the stalactites and stalagmites. Some of these uh, Gibson stalactites, 20 feet long, white stalactite uh, chandeliers that are named for the delicate sprays of colorless uh, selenite crystals radiating from their tips. And until 1980... Uh, this one cave here, the Lachungula, was assumed to be small, but now they have found another 145 miles of previously unmapped passages, some as deep as 1,600 feet. Amazing. South Dakota also has the Wind Cave National Park. The wind blows through the entrance and changes it uh, in atmospheric pressure. It is a dry cave, very few stalactites and stalagmites, but uh, beautiful calcite uh, um, formations have formed like dogtooth crystals, needle sharp growths of frost work, nubby bumps of cave popcorn, and rare honeycomb patterns in the crystal called box work. So pretty cool. Um, there's also lava caves and lava tubes in Northern California. Idaho, Craters of the Moon National Park, has the largest lava field in the lower 48 states with a 50-mile-long lava field consisting of 60 individual flows from eight major eruptions. 
you they're open to the public. There's an 800-foot-long Indian tunnel, which is accessible from both ends. Very popular attraction in Hawaii's Volcano National Park on the Big Island, formed only 500 years ago, is a 600-foot-long, 20-foot live lava tube um, that dips and waves um, with beautiful... Um, things to look at on the way. There's also the Talus Caves, which are have huge heaps of boulders at the base and um, very hard to get to. This is in California's Yosemite Park. And uh, there's sea lakes and caves also that you can read about. Of course, ice, ice caves exist, glacier caves, um, Many, many caves. You can read about this article. It's quite extensive if you would like to read some more. Mineral of the Week from our friends at Rock and Jim. Uh, this is an older article from about a month ago, but I thought I would share it with you because I want to keep plenty of uh, Rock and Jim news in here and not just a bunch of fossil news. This one is Antoinette Ron. She writes in this article, and Tony Ron which I think is the same person, just the long, long, uh, full long name and the shortened name. But uh, cornetite is a mineral that is a beautiful blue, um, almost, I would almost say an electric blue, but not quite. Beautiful blue. It is greatly appreciated for its rich and sparkling colors, deep blue, blue-green, and a lush shade of green. Definitely... The blue is prominent. Um, it is comes from the Dominic Republic of Congo, specifically the star of the Congo mine, which is located uh, in this area of the Kalebi Cal and the Lukini mines, both in the Katanga province of the Congo. Very beautiful region in the Dominica Congo, the country's mining capital. Um, was founded in 1910. The ore started to come out of there along with this beautiful mineral specimen. It is um, uh, small mineral samples from 9.7 to 8.1 to uh, 3.8 centimeters, kind of small. Um, they have several photographs of it here. This area is still visited by locals looking for remaining ore specimens. It was a copper mine that's currently abandoned. It was a leader in cobalt mining near the first quarter of the 20th century and now is inactive. Um, beautiful copper sulfite mine. Beautiful copper sulfite mineral. Now, this story here is about a gentleman who thought he had struck it rich. But unfortunately, it said our much acclaimed is huge gold discovery is mere fool's gold. At the monitor, monitor.co.ug, we have the story here of this uh, person who was a farmer in the Australian fruit farm area in the small town of Binlay's, Queensland, unearthed what he thought was a huge gold nugget. Um, it was comp it was uh, confirmed by Global News, and the government uh, it said here that it was indeed gold, and it was reported this ten pound nugget 
dubbed the mortgage buster because he said he was going to pay off his mortgage, claimed it was worth $70,000 and would help him pay off his mortgage and have a long sought after vacation. Well, as it turns out, it was actually an April Fool's Day joke. The farmer had planned to bring smiles to everybody suffering from the region's seasonal floods and wildfires. And um, that was about it. But they did find, actually, in this area, some invisible microscopic gold uh, that is detected by a microscope could be captured from the pyrite crystals, but uh, which are very prominent in this area. Um, and then, uh, so there can be gold found in, in pyrite. Says the statistics from the U.S. Geological Survey indicate that 244,000 metric tons of gold um, has been discovered in the world to date, and um, the balance of uh, reserves is noted here, and that is about all that's really interesting in this article, I believe. Next, Gemstone Jewelry Guide. Now, I'm going to take a swig of coffee here. We get these uh, these types of updates on gemstone jewelry all the time. I share them from time to time. This one is Sophia Peterson. You can go to the hackpost.com and look up the gemstone jewelry guide. I'm not going to go into it much here because these are pretty common. They come out all the time. It goes over grading gemstones. Colors, um, you want to look for the hue, the tone, and the saturation. And uh, some of the stones they review are amethyst, emerald, ruby, sapphire, and citrine. So I thought that was interesting. You don't get citrine too often. And um, the other stones you do hear quite a bit. So you can look that up if that's something you're interested in. Extinct bear dog was found in the Pyrenees. Now, the Pyrenees is the Swiss area um, near the mountains of uh, Pyrenees. And also, I have great Pyrenees dogs. These are magnificent animals. Uh, Zach uh, Fitzner wrote to us in the Earth.com uh, article, Extinct Bear Dog Found in the Pyrenees. And this animal is named after a mythical cyclops creature that uh, was said to roam the Earth. Uh, many, many millions of years ago. The jaw of this species is a little bit different than a dog and a bear. It makes it makes What makes it unique from other bear dog jaws is the presence of a fourth lower premolar tooth, very important in determining what this species is. They named it after the genus, after uh, the tartan, the dangerous one-eyed um mythological creature because this monster um, was it had one eye but it was said to have had an extra um, tooth familiar with this and the fossil discoveries are rare in this part of France the discovery is something that sheds light on the diversity of bears and dogs or bear dogs very rare they say and uh, very welcome to these ones who discover this now what are M type asteroids. M-type asteroids means mineral or metal, okay? 
Asteroids have unveiled the most detailed map of the asteroid psyche yet. I thought, what the heck is an asteroid psyche? Um, <laughs> what does that mean, right? Well, it's actually the name of the asteroid. The asteroid is named Psyche. You can look this up at socialpost.news under that article. Um, Alvin Parsons is credited with the article. And what they tell us about these M-type asteroids is that they are metal uh, or mineral. They are able to now get close enough with their telescopes, um, powerful enough with their telescopes, to verify that there's sand and minerals and rock on the face of these. These also are thought to have been launched from possible planet uh, eruptions or even planets that fall apart. They feel that these might have come from Earth-like similar planets with metal centers, mantles that are extremely heavy and dense that are thought to contain all metal. Very complex mixture of minerals and silicas is where they thought this could have come from. This uh, M-type asteroid has a high metal content and orbits the sun. Similar uh, Looks similar to a uh, potato from a distance, but has all these pits and valleys and metals that are on it. Um, they have a maps here of the asteroid psyche. You can look at a video from YouTube if you want to check that out on it. Um, and they talk about this interesting asteroid and uh, how they have found out more about the metal that uh, it is made up of and the minerals. Grain size of rocks in the Earth's mantle affects tectonics. Now hang in there with us. We're going to talk about these newly discovered lapidary material and the newly discovered gemstone very recently. I read this article in a, pretty much its entirety. It's quite lengthy, but I will give you a quick hypothesis of what they are trying to tell us. It's by Felix Worsten. You go to phys.org and look up this article entitled Grain Size of Rocks in Earth Mantle Affects Tectonics. So they feel that the plates, because of the grain size, that strength of that uh, could actually affect what is happening. Now, also the other thing is it could affect the strength of how much of the mantle is able to move these. Um, they go through these computer models and hypothesize what the role is in the mineral structure and the size of it in these rocks that are made of the, they call the mantle rocks. Um, and in some situations, they show how great the grain size effect is and how much it isn't. They talk about dislocation of diffusion. This is where they hypothesize the grain, side, grain size is relevant because it affects how rocks deform in the upper mantle. If the range of the grain is a few millimeters, the minerals in the rocks deform mainly through shifting of the minerals crystal lattice along the planes. This is what they call dislocation creep. This is a mechanism of rock deformation in the Earth's mantle. On the other hand, if the grain size is smaller, um, then another mechanism becomes more important, diffusion creep. Um, not dislocation creep, but 
diffusion creep. The rocks then deform not by dislocations in crystal lattice and minerals, but out of individual atomic vacancies in the crystal lattice, migrating through the crystal structure. Depending on which way the deformation mechanism prevails, the strength of the rock changes accordingly. So there's many unanswered questions from this, um, but uh, the contradiction, they say, resolves itself based on where these rocks are. If they're in the upper mantle, then the down-going plate requires the rocks in the uppermost mantle be brittle and stresses dominate there. If they're deeper, well, then it's not going to move and change as much. The paradox is, um, is where they are. The fine grain shear zones relieve the stress and to the point where earthquakes uh, can no longer occur. So I guess when it's stronger, you get more violent, rocky earthquakes. And when it gives, then um, you have less. So that is interesting for those of you that are really in-depth on the science and geothermal. Research on fossilized smooth-shelled turtle species discovered in Sasha Sequoia. Um, Janelle Mendez writes about this in globalnews.ca. You can check this out. They have this turtle here. It basically looks like a, like somebody tried to make a mud pie and it's crumbling apart. But uh, they have dug this out at the Grasslands National Park. And this turtle species is known as Torcarex smooth turtle in recognition of Tim Torcarex, the curator of paleontology at the Royal Sashasaguian Museum. The tiny turtle about the size of a human fist, and they have a link here to the research paper if you want the real in-depth stuff. Um, they can see that it is a rare fossil because the bones are connected inside the shell. Um, they feel that it's very old. It's only it's a new specimen and only the second of its kind studied in North America where they can see the whole skeleton with CT scans to understand it. You can read more about this if you want at globalnews.com. Just look up the smooth shell turtle species discovered and you will find it. Two new fossils discovered in the Southwest, one of only two in North America, swiftcurrentonline.com. Um, written by David Zemet, and you can read about these fossils. They've got uh, the turtle that we just talked about. That was one of them um, that is exciting, or am I on the same one? Let's see here. Did I make a mistake? Nope. Um, they talk about that. Where's the other fossil? 3D model, completely... Yeah, it looks like a duplicate. I thought I might have clicked on the wrong one. All right, newly discovered fossil discovered in the Egyptian desert. We did talk about this last week, but this article has a really cool picture of the actual bone structure um, at the al-monitor.com. Newly new dis dinosaur fossil discovered in Egyptian desert. This is related to the T-Rex. It has the head is a little bit more stout. Um, and the teeth are really vicious looking. This dinosaur is pretty cool. If you want to check it out and read the article and see the pictures, you can go check that out. But um, 
Yeah, I think it was a 26 feet long creature and um, it is a spondosaurus and uh, related to the T-Rex according to this. Now, interestingly, um, the Egyptian museum had several other dinosaurs in it and um, it the the actual museum was bombed during World War One during 1911 and 1912, where they destroyed three carnivorous dinosaurs, Spondosaurus, uh, Brontosaurus, and a herbivore uh, type of so- uh, saurus. All right. Now, the news. Um, let's see. I wanted to share a couple things with you. One, Fire Mountain Gems tells us about magnetic clamps. Um, none of the people I've talked about today or from in this show at all are sponsoring us. So, um, you know, buyer beware, user beware. But these things I'm sharing with you because I feel they're important. So um, Fire Mountain Gym has magnetic clasps and lots of articles on how to utilize these in your jewelry. Kind of a cool option. If you haven't looked at magnetic clasps clasps in a while, you may want to check them out because some of them are much nicer than the old clunky ones that we used to see uh, some years ago. Also, GPAA, the Gold Prospectors Association of America, they put on the gold, um, gold and treasure shows. You can go to look that up. Just Google it. Um, GPAA Gold and Treasure Shows. They're putting one on in Pomona, July 23rd through the 24th. Uh, I've been to one of these. It's been a few years, but they are always, um, it's a huge one. It's one of their bigger ones, and it's worth going to if you have ever been curious about gold prospecting. Usually there's a couple of rockhound type people there as well. There's a lot of vendors and people that go to these. They do typically charge admission to get in. Um, I think if memory serves me, it was like eight bucks. So I wanted to share that with you guys as well. Now, our newly discovered mineral, um, according to lapidarycentral.com, if you look up new material, organ plume agate slab, they claim here that this, um, under their description, that this is a gorgeous new organ plume agate that is, as of yet, unnamed, and still in the exploration phase of discovery. It is one of the first slabs of material that has ever been cut and offered for sale. Um, So they are selling it here. But the photo of it um, at lapidarycentral.com, they're selling a slab of it for 28 bucks. Seems pretty reasonable. Um, It has some, um, a little bit of mossing, uh, and the mossing, there is a little bit of a white uh, plumish look to it. Mm, I would not call it a... Um, uh, let's see. There's a little bit of plumage to it. It's not enough to be called a... Um, and now I can't think of the term, but uh, it's, it's, it is pretty. It's kind of a olive green with uh, almost a... a I wouldn't say golden yellow, but almost kind of a dull yellow. And then there is some white webbing in there. There's some, uh, looks like some calcite swirling that goes on in here. And um, a little bit of white agate in there as well. Um, Very pretty um, and uh, unique if that is something you are interested in. 
go check that out. Now, a new unique gemstone from Israel. David uh, Brisan tells us about this at Forbes.com. You can look up Carmel Tezite, C-A-R-M-E-L-T-A-Z-I-T-E. So this is a unique gemstone from Israel. Uh Uh-oh, hope I didn't wipe it out. Um, It is a beautiful blue. It it is um, very rare. Um, They have found it in another location where there was a meteor impact. But this, um, it says, there's currently 5,500 known minerals on Earth with about 100 minerals being added uh, each year. Most are quite unspectacular, with crystals too small to be used in jewelry and too rare to be of any economic interest. But the International Mineralogical Society recognized carmelazite as a new distinct mineral. The mineral is named after Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel is is in Israel, and the elements that are in it are titanium, aluminum, and zirconium. Um, Carmelazite, carmeltazite is found in in corundum, an aluminum oxide embedded in volcanic rocks mined in the Haifi district of northern Israel. It is a complex zirconium, aluminum, titanium oxide. It's got to be hard as heck with traces of scandium, calcium, and magnesium to be found in its crystalline structure. The theoretical density calculated from crystal structure is 4.2 G slash CM3, higher than a diamond, with 3.52 gram slash CM3. However, it doesn't translate as erroneously reported by some media. Um, Translate. I don't know what translate, translate, I don't know what that means. Um, Curiously, the chemical formula resembles alandindite, a mineral identified for the first time in the alandin meteorite, a rocky meteorite that fell on February 8th, 1969 in um, Chihuahua, Mexico. So this is a very interesting gemstone. They have the um, molecular formula here of it, the crystalline structure of it, the framework of oxygen atoms and various metals that are in it. Um, They feel that even though they found it near the surface, that it formed at a depth of almost 18 miles under high pressure and temperatures of partially molten rocks released fluids to form new minerals. Corundum crystals containing carmelitazite were then transported through the volcanic vents into the upper crust 65 million years ago. Volcanoes flooded the area with lava and steam blast eruptions produced thick black deposits of volcanic breca and tuff. Carmelitazite is found in veins almost black to dark green in color with a metallic luster in large blue sapphire crystals embedded in the volcanic rock. The largest stone discovered so far is 33 carats. Wow, that'd be neat. Um, a company called Shifa Yuminma plans to market the new material as caramel sapphire. 
It is not clear how large the deposits of carmelozite are, but the company considers it possible that more stones are found mining the volcanic rock at Mount Carmel. The gemstone prices are based on their rarity. The newly discovered mineral has a potential to be more valuable than diamonds. Wow. I would sure like to, uh, to have a little piece of that. That would be cool. All right, guys. Um, thank you for staying with us. Thank you for tuning in, liking, and subscribing. We appreciate your support. Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify. <laughs>